just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully all is going well with you on this podcast. We're fortunate to once again have our reoccurring character, if you will. Ed, Ed, welcome back. And glad to be here, Mike. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've got my stool where I normally am here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm either Norm or Cliff Clavin. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. You take your pick, all right? Everybody comes in, everybody goes, Ed. Um, there you well, go. Well, th- this is a different. This is a different experience for you now, Ed. You're you're having to follow up uh, um, the podcast I did earlier today with Brian, who is a Trumplefuck, of course. And we've yeah. been waiting to. People have been asking me, and I've been asking about getting a Trump supporter on with with me on the podcast so we could debate. And I will give Brian Wallenberg credit. He is the only one I've talked to to date that had the courage to sit down and actually talk, carry on a conversation as opposed to a screaming match. And he, you know, he wasn't, Brian isn't a really a confrontational guy anyway, so I knew it wasn't going to get that way. But I think, I know you haven't listened to it yet, but you should, uh, mainly because you and I both know Brian from way back. He's not yeah. a new guy to us. Uh, so we have some familiar, familiarity with him, but I got a lot of, I got a lot of emails, people that were kind of disappointed by it. And, and they were saying, what's up with this guy? He's a potato. And meaning, <laughs> <laughs> meaning he, he, he didn't really fight back. He'd listen to what I'd say and he'd say something like, well, I don't believe that. I go, based on what? Uh, I don't know, you know, and, and and the whole point of doing it wasn't that I thought this would be a battle of the Titans, because I'm certainly not a Titan and Brian is definitely not a Titan, but I thought this was a good way to educate folks. I mean, over the years, uh, Democrats have always had this fear of Trumplicans and Republicans, like they're strong or superior in some way, and they're worried about how devious and how tough and how loud they are. I thought this was a good opportunity. If we could sit a Trumplican down in front of somebody like me or you or anybody else, and we could expose them for who what who they are, then maybe people wouldn't be so fearful and they would understand that the foe we are up against doesn't really have a lot of substance. Well, and then now I, I got to say, I mean, you know, rather than calling Brian brave, I'm going to call him foolhardy. Because uh, that's uh, that's going up against you would be difficult under the the best of situations. But uh, um, it, it's kind of like uh, they sent in the troops with no ammunition yeah. uh, in in this case, and you were loaded for bear. So it's uh, you know I I doubt very seriously that that Brian ever listens to uh, uh, any sort of news source beyond Fox News. And uh, will occasionally like uh, tune into somebody like Tony Laren or somebody like that because he got the hots for. Or oh, he loves like Tommy Laren. He loves yeah. Tommy Laren. I said Tommy, but it is Tommy. Yeah, um, yeah. I even saw a picture of the two of them together on his uh, that he had put up on Facebook a while back, where he had obviously gone to some event where she was signing books or something. Somebody wrote for her or something. 
You know, I, that's another thing. Just just parenthetically, I'm sick and tired of all of these people coming out with books yeah. that, that make it onto <laughs> the bestseller list for 10 minutes because, you know, the novelty and because a bunch of Republicans run out and buy it, never read it. You know, Kushner's and uh, 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 what, what, what's the blonde ditzy uh, press secretary? Um, oh, uh, yeah, I know. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. All of these people, they come out with these books that somebody else writes, and uh, uh, it's ridiculous. And I don't know why anybody ever buys them. And that, in, you know, I, anyway, I'm sick of it. Just well, you don't know, even it's do that anymore. What's interesting in Republican libraries, they'll pull out the diary of Anne Frank and burn it, but they probably got Tommy Lahren's and Tucker Carlson's and everybody else's fake books in those libraries. That's, I mean, that's the kind of people we're dealing with here. Oh, no, no doubt about it. And don't even get me started on that because we're, we're headed in a different direction today, but one day we're going to have to talk about burning books and banning books. And yeah, absolutely. That sort of thing. I just want to say about Brian too. I don't hate Brian. I've known Brian a long time. I've had a, you know, certain amount of compassion for him, uh, before all this Trump stuff. And I would have left him alone completely if he had the intelligence to leave me alone. When I had my, well, I still have my personal Facebook and right. I'd post stuff about Donald Trump and he'd come on and attack me. And I'm thinking, you know, this is like a chihuahua coming after a mastiff. Yeah, I mean, he, he, has no, he has nothing to fight with, but he would come after me. And eventually I got tired of it and I blocked him. So I thought that was the end of Brian. And then I had the Rational Boomer uh, Facebook page and, of course, the podcast and the TikToks. And then all of a sudden he figured out I was on the Rational Boomer Facebook page and he wasn't blocked from there. So he'd jump on and he'd make these little comments. Well, you swear a lot. That's not very professional coming from a guy who's never worked professionally in the fucking business. That, that was it. And I said, okay, okay, fine. And, and then they would, he would come on and try to dispute something I said. And then the last thing that broke the camel's back, the straw that broke the camel's back, he sees me talking about something in one of the TikToks on Facebook. And uh, he said, oh, it's funny you were talking about that. I was talking about it, too, on my podcast and leaves a link there. So now he's trying to ride my coattails to get listeners, <laughs> which he's not going to do. But I'm thinking this guy keeps poking me. All right. All right, Brian, if you're such a hot shot, let's let's talk. And uh, he kind of danced around it for a little bit, but he ended up showing up. So I don't hate the guy. He annoys me. And uh, like I've said about Trumplefucks, they're all kind of like roaches or pests. They're not really as dangerous as they act, uh, but they are a pest and we need to eradicate the pests. That, 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 that's the only thing I was trying to do there and try to give people a sense about how weak these people truly are. I mean, the, there should be no question about a contest in the midterms or in an argument between uh, a liberal Democrat and a Trump fuck. There, there, there's just no competition. And, and that podcast kind of illustrates that. So anyway, anyway, yeah, let's, talk, I, uh, go on, let's talk. Let's yeah. talk about important stuff. Uh, OK, <laughs> well, well, let's let's talk about conspiracy theories. And this time, these are conspiracy theories that maybe Democrats are trying to spew. There's a couple of things that happened with Donald Trump recently. There was some video that came out in May of last year or something. I'm not sure exactly when, but apparently um, 
there were some boxes being pulled out of Mar-a-Lago and being brought to Bedminster in New Jersey in May of 2021, I think, or something. It was supposedly after the, 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 uh, it was the same month when he was first contacted. Okay. So, so people are putting that together as, as conspiratorial and it could be, but we don't know that. But by, by the National Archives, I mean, when they called and said, hey, you got some stuff that belongs to us. We want it back. And, um, they, and then all of a sudden, was the first moved. in theory. Yes, the, now, it did that. That We don't know that that's what was in those boxes. We don't even know. I don't think that it was uh, what day it was. It's very dark. Uh, it's like nighttime. They're being loaded onto a private plane. And we don't we assume. Uh, we're told they're going to Bedminster. We don't know that. Well, we don't know that. And, and and the idea of him hearing from the National Archives and putting them on a plane and getting them out of there sounds absolutely stupid and absolutely re- ridiculous. <laughs> and that's probably why we believe it's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Donald I, Trump I is capable. For a second. Yeah, he's capable of doing something that stupid. Um, I mean, holding on to him, uh, not giving everything back and so forth. I mean, that's stupid enough. And uh, quite frankly, I'm, I'm still pissed about this judge. I mean, if I if I were arrested for something, I'd say I, I, I killed somebody. OK. Yeah. And uh, we go to trial and then they find out that my cousin is sitting on the jury. Right. What happens? You know, they toss the guy. Right. Probably, um, yeah. Yeah, but what happens here is we have a judge that they go searching for. Uh, the His legal representatives go searching out this judge. She used to work for the firm that is representing him. She was appointed by him, and she's a member of the Federalist Society. Right. So it's like, uh, you know, that's the three, boom, boom, boom. I, I can't understand why uh, I know that they don't have to recuse. But I don't understand why the DOJ didn't scream. She has to recuse. She has to recuse. We're not dealing with this. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure either. And, and I'd heard that when they filed this case, to file this case in Florida was really not correct. They should have filed it in D.C. That would have been the appropriate place to file this this case. But like you say, they went judge shopping and they found the one dipshit judge that would be willing to put her career on the line, and she has, in fact, done that, um, to give them this kind of decision. But even if she gives them this decision, this doesn't save him from shit. Well, it does in the sense that she has delayed it. Uh, it's off, you know, I mean, it's it's still in the news, but it's only in the news that, that he's fighting it, right? right. And um, if it... if. Uh, she has made her ruling. They're apparently dickering back and forth about who this special master is going to be. And, of course, Republicans are putting up people that the DOJ will never accept. And the DOJ is putting up people that the Republicans don't want and so forth. And this is going to go on for a while. Right. Then they have to allow time for the person to go through. The DOJ is saying, no, you don't have to go through all of it. You only have to go through the classified stuff, right? And right. Um, and so on and so on, back and forth, back and forth. But if uh, it can then be appealed up to the 11th Circuit, which is uh, 
it is loaded up with tromplefox too. Okay. Put it in, in your terminology. And then it eventually winds up with Clarence Thomas, uh, to rule on if it gets appealed beyond there. So yeah, there's a problem here. Um, I would, uh, I don't know why Mary Garland isn't a little more forceful about it. Just go to DC, file criminal charges. That gets rid of the whole thing. It moves it to that venue and we, we progress then. Well, th- that, th- th- that would th- be the thing to do. Yeah, that's a good point, and it brings up something that happened last night that everybody's abuzz about. Uh, apparently, Donald Trump unexpectedly and unannounced flew to Washington, D.C. on his private plane. He got off the plane. He was dressed in golf clothes and golf shoes, which was kind of weird, like he was swept off a golf course someplace. And, of course, the speculation is he's getting indicted or they're going to search Bedminster and they're going to have a search warrant there. There was a lot of speculation to it just because of the oddity of him going to D.C. unexpectedly being dressed the way he was. And, and and I heard some of the wildest claims. And it frustrated me because these are the kind of claims we would hear out of Republicans. And now the Democrats are doing it. It kind of in line with them saying, oh, all the stuff is buried with Ivana. Fuck that. Come on. Let's not act like Republicans. Let's use some common sense. I didn't do any TikToks about it till this morning uh, because – I just said, look, we don't know anything about it. To suggest you know something is bullshit. So just sit back and wait. Yeah, the speculation I've heard is because he get he's able to get treated at Walter Reed now as an ex-president still. He yeah. can go to Walter Reed that it might have been health-related. and uh, um, I've heard that said banded back and forth, but I don't know that he's been spotted at Walter Reed. I don't know if they followed him anywhere. We know nothing it's all speculation and to be honest with you mike i'm so sick and tired of speculation from everybody absolutely I'm sick and tired of opinion from everybody i don't care if it's msnbc or fox or newsmax i mean obviously fox and newsmax it's always going to be opinion because they don't do fact right exactly period but exactly. then you've got cnn which is uh seeming to tilt right now but there's opinion, there's speculation, there's commentary, often from people who don't know squat, don't know any more than you and I do. But they wrote a book <laughs> 10 years ago, and um, and now they're on those NBC, CBS, whatever payroll, and they come in once in a while and get their check and spew for a few minutes. I'm sick of it. Let's go back to Walter Cronkite, Huntley Brinkley. We've got the news once a day. And believe me, we got the facts, and it was not speculation. It was not opinion. If they didn't know, they didn't say. Yeah, it. it I, I think you're right, though, and I and I, I'm not so sure that he's not going to do it, uh, Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland uh, is a smart guy. He is. Yeah. Uh, he is certainly. Um, he's certainly willing to kick back when somebody is 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 fucking with him. I mean, he's shown that already with this whole case. And it wouldn't surprise me that at some point, if if they've done anything, they've pushed up the date of the indictment. Because, you know, he has a lot of information. He has a lot of evidence right now. There is enough evidence right now to indict Donald Trump. So if he thinks like he's going to be 
be delayed or fucked around with here. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Merrick Garland said, fuck it, we're going to do this indictment on this one thing and we're going to take all the power away from you. I think I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. And I hope that's what happens. As do I. And I, I hope they're coordinating with the January 6th committee and, and lots of things that are going on we don't even know about. Um, I really wish they would say, screw elections. I don't care if the election's tomorrow, next week. I don't care. We're right. in the justice business, not in the politics business. This guy's guilty. We're going after it. Yeah, no, if it, you know, I don't care how it affects the election. And, and 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 you could almost see it if it wasn't that our democracy was hanging by a thread that our, our our national security has been compromised and we don't even know to what extent it's been compromised. Uh, the time of dicking around is be, is behind us now. You know, any norms that we would have followed with a former president should be gone because all of the norms that he would normally follow are gone. And we're on unprecedented and probably some of the most dangerous times to our country in the history of the country. This is no time for norms and, and procedures and what we would normally do. That should be out the window. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I don't worry so much about international things. Um, China is China, Russia is Russia. Russia's getting their ass kicked by tiny little Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine's got a lot of area, surface area, but they're a small country, right? Yeah. And then they're, you know, and they're getting a lot of help from us and other Western powers and so forth, but they're kicking some Russian butt right now. And there's no other way around it. And they've been doing it. And the Russians are, I heard a figure of 80,000 casualties so far. Right. That's, that's a pretty good. Now, you know, of course, probably a lot more and a lot of them are civilian. Ukrainian uh, casualties and so forth deliberately. Uh, it's a savage war and it's awful, but I don't worry that the Russians are going to launch a missile attack on us tomorrow. I don't worry about China. Now they very well might go after Taiwan. Right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're not that stupid because they know it's not just us. There's uh, there's other people in that area who don't want them screwing with Taiwan because Taiwan may be a tiny little area, but it's very rich. It's right. probably as rich as mainland China in its own way. So they got friends everywhere because of the money. I don't worry about that. I mean, I really think there have been more dangerous times in our lives. Um, my life, anyway. You weren't born yet. You don't remember the Berlin airlift, right? No, the Russians. Berlin was divided into four sectors. Britain, France, uh, I think it was France, us, and the Russians. Each had a section of the city. And uh, eventually, Germany wanted to take over the whole, I mean, rather, uh, Russia wanted to force everybody else out. And it was a big confrontation going on there. And they stopped... Americans from being able to bring in supplies and so forth to their section and so forth. But, uh, and, um, it was a big confrontation. We did an airlift where we flew in supplies and stuff. I just found out the other day doing some reading that at that point in time, they considered going after Russia, doing a sneak nuclear attack against Russia at really? that point. 
Yeah, wow. dodged dodged a bullet there because they would have come back too, and we would not have uh, we would not have gotten away unscathed. Now we might have survived. Possibly Russia would not have. The whole post-war landscape might have been considerably different. But anyway, cooler heads prevailed, and that didn't happen. Now fast forward with a ways, and you've got the the Cuban Missile Crisis. I was in eighth grade. I thought we were all going to die. We all did, because here you have uh, uh, Russia putting missiles in Cuba, and uh, Kennedy putting a blockade on, and says if you come, if you try to bring them in, we're going to blow you out of the water. Right? It looked like it was coming to a head. The Russian ships are coming. Our ships are out there. It's coming to a head. The last minute, Khrushchev supposedly blinked the ships depart and they dismantle what they had in cuba and all is cool what we didn't know at the time was that we actually started it by putting nuclear missiles in turkey secretly russians found out about it and said get them out of there we said no they said fine we'll put some in cuba right so but at the last moment they worked it out kennedy acquiesced we removed our missiles from turkey they removed theirs from cuba so there were two chances there and we came very close to being annihilated didn't happen i think we're much safer today than we were then because we've got this mutually assured destruction thing going on that you would have to be insane now some people think putin is so maybe we do need to worry about that. I don't know. I don't. I don't lose sleep on it. I don't well, worry about China because, number one, we are China's biggest customer. Right, <laughs> you know? Right. Why would they blow up their biggest customer? I don't think so. Everybody blusters. Everybody yells. And then we keep doing business. Yeah, I, I, I don't worry about it internationally either. I don't think there's much we have to worry about there. I think a lot of people who are younger don't realize how much the cold war really kind of hung over our heads. The idea of the Russians shooting off nuclear missiles at us was always there. I mean, I don't remember a time prior um, to being born and up until I was in my teens or twenties that uh, I didn't see Russia as this huge villain that was just waiting to blow us out of the water. Uh, that really hung over our heads a lot during that period and, and a lot more than it is now. I wasn't so much worried about the, the danger we were in internationally. I'm talking about internally and democracy right. and those sorts of things. And I don't think we've been in this much trouble since the Civil War. Right. And that's where I was going with it. I was going to say, don't worry about it. But inside the, the country right now, we are at a tipping point in several different ways. And, uh, we could, we could, especially over the next two elections, stop being a democracy. That is what the conservatives, and I won't say Republicans because they're part of it, but they're not all of it. This is what we'll just call them all conservatives. This is what they want. They do not want a democracy. They're threatened by a democracy. They think white people are being replaced by immigrants and that they will eventually be a minority. And because they were so shitty to minorities that the minorities will be shitty to them. That's the underlying thing. I just summed it up. Let's, uh, all is done. Let's go home. No, that's, that's exactly the problem. And we have several different factions 
that want to make that happen. They want an, an, an autocracy run by a white strong man. That's what they want. They pick Trump, which is, shows you just how smart they are. Right. The worst man who has ever lived, they want to be their leader. Absolutely. Well, you know, the thing with the Republicans, they are all about democracy. They supported democracy as long as they are in power. But they're now seeing the inevitable. The old white man is dying off. We've got more people of color. We've got people standing up and wanting their rights. And now they're seeing that their power is slipping away. So they're willing to give up the democracy they claim to fight for for all these years just to maintain power. And that's where they're at. They will burn fucking democracy in this country down just to maintain power. Absolutely. And look at what they're going after. I mean, for a very brief period of time, we have such a short memory. That's part of the problem. People don't realize that pre-Roosevelt, pre-Franklin Roosevelt, if you weren't part of the old money rich, you weren't squat. Right. I mean, if, if, if you were in a small town and you had a, a grocery store or a, a hardware store or something, you were probably doing okay. All right. Yeah. But if you were working for that grocery store or hardware store, you were hand to mouth. And if you were a farmer, maybe you're getting a tobacco crop. I'm talking about this area. Maybe you put out a tobacco crop and you got a little bit of money at Christmas to carry you through the rest of the year. But you were also living out of your garden. You probably had a pig or some chickens and stuff like that. And it was hand to mouth. And you were uh, you were going barefoot in the summer because you couldn't afford shoes year round. And it was awful. You worked in a coal mine. You worked in a, your kids worked in a coal mine. Your your daughter worked in a a, 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 a cloth making plant, uh, and and you know got her lungs full of uh, cotton fibers and so forth. That I mean, it was an awful, really terrible, disgusting existence, brutal and short for most people. But we've forgotten that. Then come, along comes the depression. We, we turn things around and uh, with the combination of the economic spur of World War II, because that has to be factored in there, and all of the social programs that Roosevelt and his people put in place, we had this, this period of the, practically the, the very late 40s and the 1950s into the 60s of uh, prosperity for pretty much everybody. Yeah. Uh, minorities were, were largely left out. And it wasn't until the the mid-60s that they started being allowed to take part, that they were able to get jobs, that they were able to go to schools and that sort of thing. So it was a much shorter time for them, and it, they never really achieved equality, still haven't. But uh, ever since... Ever since Roosevelt put in Social Security, uh, Johnson put in Medicare and so forth, Republicans have been doing their damnedest to get rid of all of it because they hate it, because it uh, they have to help pay for it. And uh, as much as they scream about how, uh, you know, they, they give to charities and so forth, their worst nightmare is having to give money to help somebody else out. Right. And then, you know, the thing about it is if they just quit giving to charities and just paid their taxes, their yes. due taxes, this country would be better off. And those people that benefit from whatever little they give to charities would benefit far, far more than than whatever these fucking bullshit donations are. 
Exactly. It, it, you, you know, they give once a year, they give a couple million dollars and they want it to be a big pat on the back. Come on, pay your taxes. It's 10 times that, you know, right. Uh, right. and right. that. They give a million dollars and it's like us giving a hundred dollars. It's a nice gesture, but it's really not going to fix anything. Exactly. Or they'll fund like at Walmart. I mean, you know, here's the, the Walmart lady, the, the, the sister. She has this giant museum down in, uh, in Arkansas and, uh, you know, loaded up with all kinds of European art and so forth, American art. And it's great that it's there and so forth, but she could do a lot more good than to put up a museum for people to come and look at stuff. It doesn't feed them. It doesn't keep them healthy. It doesn't do anything uh, along those lines. Do both, okay? Well, see, see, their their goal here is different than it should be. Their goal should be to do some good. What their goal here is to give the perception that they're doing some good without actually giving anything to the people that need the help. Yeah, and I've, I've got to once again, I think I've done this before on the podcast, but I've got to say it again. If you have not seen the series Dope Sick on um, Netflix, HBO, whichever, I think it's HBO, uh, you can find it. Just Google it. Dope Six. Sick, rather. Dope, yeah, sick. dope sick. It's uh, um, the story of the Sackler family, Oxycontin, and how they addicted most of the South. You know, certainly uh, all of the the working class areas uh, and why we have such a problem with drug addiction, uh, with Oxycontin, because it is a very addictive substance that they marketed as harmless and a great boon. And they did exactly this. They were the most prolific giver of charity uh, to things like museums and that sort of thing. Um, they, they, they trumpeted that. But at the same time, they were making billions of dollars from the suffering of people who took some Oxycontin because they had back pain. And the next thing you know, they are, uh, they're robbing liquor stores to, to feed their habit. Right. Or, right. The, or they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're trying their best to get off this stuff and you cannot do it unless you have very specialized treatment. And we have this huge gig. And even when they finally, finally, bring suits against these people they walk away free a couple of their uh, uh their employees do some time a little bit of time and uh they 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 give they have to uh come up with millions and millions of dollars but they still are very very wealthy and they have not paid the price and a lot and of people should. are dead a lot of people are dead a you lot know, of people are dead and still addicted by the way I, I, I've uh, I've said before that I, I think some of these Trumplefucks and uh, all these cor- rich people in corporate corporations are evil, and people yes. say that's a, that's a little strong. And I said, no, well, understand understand my 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 thinking here. Isn't you know people make the mistake that say money is the root of all evil, and that's not the case. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil and the love of money would include greed and greed seems to be the basis for everything that Republicans and the rich and the corporate people are about. We want more money and it's never enough. So that is greed. And if the love of money is the root of all evil, that tells me these fucking people are evil. 
Well, they are. And let, let's jump back. You know, when you were talking about uh, Brian, you were saying you wanted to expose that these guys aren't so tough. Right. Well, and and the followers, <laughs> no, you're right. Intellectually, they have no leg to stand on. They don't even understand why they like Trump better than Biden, for example. They just know they do, right? Because somebody but, told them to. Right. But these money people, the, the the very, very wealthy, they are scary. And they are somebody that you have to watch out for. And on the, the other side, you've got the, arm, the gun crazies. You've got the proud boys and the three percenters and all of this. These people are dangerous, too. The, they, there is danger. And when you open your mouth, you become a target. You become a target of both. This week, I was notified by Twitter that my account was locked for seven days. Really? Be, because of uh, someone had reported me for a comment, right? Well, I appealed. And, and after uh, one day, they came back and said, oops, sorry, we made a mistake. No, uh, we're restoring your account. Not your fault. No fat, no harm, no foul. Right. So it's worth appealing. It's worth appealing, but they do do this. They do come after you. If you, uh, you've seen it, I'm sure with your TikToks and your, your podcasts the and so they're, they're, forth. They're, they're not, they're not fearful of me. They're just trying to shut me up. Good luck right. with that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But this, this is the thing. There's something to worry about, but these people have a lot of money. And that money talks and they are able to in, in a state like Tennessee, where I live, it is uh, the, the government. It doesn't really exist, not in the sense that it's supposed to. You have a few people with money and they do whatever they want. They've got these figurehead characters, the governor, Bill Lee and, and people in the, the legislature, which has been winnowed out. All of the good people, they're all gone, except a few Democrats in Memphis and uh, Nashville. The rest are total, your Marsha Blackburns and your, your Garrity's are the Senate. And then, uh, there's not a decent, uh, uh, I could, uh, I could go all day uh, through the Republican ranks and find very few decent people. Yeah. Uh, no, but, I agree. You know, they're, they're all, uh, they're all on the take. They're all being paid. Anything they want done happens because they have the money to pay people to make it happen. And uh, look at this judge down in uh, uh, the one who, who ruled Florida. on the special master. Yeah. Right. I mean, this woman doesn't deserve to be a judge. The ABA, that's the Amer the uh, Bar Association, American Bar Association. They uh, they used to be kind of the, the arbiter on judicial nominees. They would look and say that they were either qualified or not. I think there's three different rankings they would give them. She was not, she was chosen not qualified. Right. And there have, there have been at least 10 and maybe more of his nominations to judgeships that were rated not qualified by the ABA. Uh, they're not judge material. They don't have the background. They were not, they were not good students. They're ambulance chasers and, and the traffic court people, you right. know, but now they're judges. And this, this woman, you read her, her uh, decision and everybody who's anybody is going, this is a cartoon. This is terrible. This is the reasoning here is ridiculous. Right. 
but but yet she's here she's there and money does it and the, the judiciary i remember these people get lifetime appointments yeah that should be changed yeah, that, that should be changed there should you be know, no I life mean, there should be no lifetime appointments to anything judges no, i especially. agree I agree, and especially the Supreme Court. You could stagger it so every president gets to a point one. Right. You could right. do that, or even two. Right. And, and you would have a constant flow of new blood. Uh, and, uh, I mean, we had a liberal court for years. I'm the first one to admit that. Yes, we did. But it was a good thing we did. That's why we were able to get things like the voting rights bill through and have it not be knocked down by the courts. Absolutely. And a thousand, a thousand other things. The original Roe decision, for example, if, if if we had not had a liberal court to a certain extent, because there were Republicans, they could have voted it down. But there were Republicans who were who had a spine and who had the actual ability to reason and not be forced to uh, because they had their country club bill paid in their their mortgage paid and they weren't uh, beholden to anybody uh, who had already pre-bought their vote or they hadn't been uh, chosen by the Federalist Society like at least four and probably more of the justices were. Um, but they need, they need to, uh, the original idea was we have to keep the judges above politics so they don't have to run every time, right? Yeah. Uh, that was the idea. And that's fine. I'm fine with that. But no lifetime appointments. Five no. years. Yeah. And maybe I, a renewal. Maybe a renewal possible. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. Tell you what, Ed, let's take a quick break. I want to talk more about the uh, Supreme Court when we come back because uh, Chief Justice John Robert was doing a little whining, and I was a little annoyed by that. We'll talk about that when we get back. So uh, let's just take this break. We'll be right back. All right, we are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. Ed is with me on this show. And, you know, Ed, last week, our chief justice from the Supreme Court was doing a little bit of whining, John Robert. It seems that John Robert is upset about people questioning the credibility of the Supreme Court. He says uh, we should not have that perception based on how they interpret the Constitution. Just because they don't agree, they shouldn't look down their nose at the Supreme Court. And he said, if the Supreme Court loses legitimacy, I don't know who will take up the mantle. And he certainly doesn't want some political organization to take up the mantle. And in the TikTok I did about it, I said, look, man, the Supreme Court is already a political animal. We've got four justices that are incompetent, inept, and certainly partisan. Now, before the uh, chief justice comes out and reprimands the general public, maybe he should get his own fucking house in order. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, let me, let me uh, start off by saying John Roberts, I think, actually, in normal circumstances, would have been a very good chief justice. I think he showed that, actually. Uh, before uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and uh, Kennedy left uh, and uh, Souter, um, uh, there was a good mix going on there, okay? You had Alito. You had, uh, who's the guy who died? um, uh, The the real, uh, 
uh, originalist, yeah, guy. Uh, I mean, you know, they were out there a little bit, but if, if he and Ruth Bader Ginsburg were great friends, and they kind of balanced each other. She right. was she skewed way liberal, he skewed way conservative, and that and they hammered it out and so forth. But uh, um, and Roberts would occasionally go with the liberal side of the court on on things that. Uh, um, because based on his philosophy of things, I mean, they all have their own philosophies, right? And I can, I understand that. I understand that there's more than one way to look at the law. And quite frankly, if you haven't gone to law school, if you haven't been in that rarefied atmosphere, I don't know that we can actually um, understand the all of the nuance of it, okay? Right. But... But the Supreme Court is different than all other courts. They are there primarily to look at what the legislature and the president do, the other two branches, and to be a referee, essentially. Right. And to say, and the balancing agent to say, okay, you've got rampant liberals, you've got rampant conservatives, and what we have to do is find a balance here. And we look at the Constitution, we look at what, what, what is written there, and we try to come up with the very best compromise to a certain extent. But then you get these courts where, or, or these justices who come in, and the last three for sure, and maybe four, uh, were chosen simply to be the the the, the Boberts and the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the Supreme Court. Right. They're there just to be disruptive and they were sent there to overturn Roe versus Wade and to get rid of essentially everything that Roosevelt did. They're there to get rid of. That's their mission. They were sent there. Everybody knows it. And there's nothing that Roberts can say now that will legitimize this court gone too far. And I think the Roe decision, because remember, they took this Dobbs case and they will, the Dobbs case was pretty limited. It basically changed the number of weeks that a woman could be pregnant, uh, before, it, during which she was allowed to get an abortion, right? That, that's essentially what Dobbs is. And they could very easily have ruled on that and said, yeah, 19 weeks is good. I think that's what it was, which it isn't, of course, because many people don't know their pregnant by then but it would have been a compromise they could have done that and yet we have the alito decision or alito uh, uh version was was allowed to be leaked right so so that we saw this extremist version of of roe which wanted to do away with the whole thing and guess what that's eventually what they came up with but uh Many people feel that it was released simply so that Roberts could not soften it, could not talk. Kavanaugh, for example, I guess was wavering and could have been talked into going with a narrow Dobbs decision, not this throwing out row based on, my God, I mean, the, the Alito decision, quote, 17th century British jurist who right. also condemned women to be burned at the stake for witchcraft. Right. Uh, I mean, this is what they're basing this decision on. They released it simply so that he could not negotiate. There was no no liberal release that. No liberal would have done it. I assume it was Alito himself or it was Thomas, one of the two, 
or or they had one of their flunkies do it. But it was the conservative who released that to stop the negotiations. It's that simple. The court is compromised. It can never, ever, ever in its current makeup be considered legitimate again. And it won't be. Right, right. Well, just for housekeeping purposes, the the uh, justice that we were thinking about and couldn't come up with a name, that was yeah. Antonin, Antonin Scalia. Scalia, Scalia, yes. And he was buddies with uh, RGB, and uh, he was very conservative. And, you know, that's that's really, like you say, they were meant to be a referee, kind of the voice of reason, uh, and not political by any sense any measure, they were not supposed to be political. That's why I always thought it was weird that every time a president came in, whether they were Democrat or Republican, it was like a lottery of three fucking justices died so they could stuff their guys in there. That is not the essence of the Supreme Court. If they are supposed to be non-political, then why are you appointing political fucking justices? And that's what they did. That's what the Republicans did. And as you say, as long as we have those justices and that behavior in there, it can only be considered partisan. It could only be considered political. The credibility has to be questioned. And when the, when, when the credibility of the Supreme Court is questioned, we don't have a fucking Supreme Court anymore. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, you have to jump back a ways. And I do blame some, uh, some liberals for part of the problem. You, you've heard the term borking somebody, right? Right. That, right. Uh, that, that refers to, to, uh, Bork, who was nominated to be a justice. He was very conservative and, uh, and the, the liberals, of course, lost their minds because he was so conservative and was not shy about, you know, sharing his opinions and so forth. And they, they essentially killed his nomination. And after that, the Republicans were out for blood and, and vengeance and so forth. And it really became much more political after pork. And of course, with Clarence Thomas, um, was also very, very controversial. And, uh, but he stuck it out. He managed to get on. And if he hadn't been black, he wouldn't have. Uh, I hate to say that, but it's true. And uh, because I think that's why the Democrats caved. They didn't want to be seen as being mean to a black man. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Ultimately. And that was why he was nominated, too. I mean, race plays a, a part, for sure. And, um, and I've heard that he be, he was not radical before that, but he became radical. I don't know if that's true or not. Did he but, get married? Uh, did he get married after he was Supreme Court justice, or was he married I before have, that? I have no idea. I really don't. Because you know, Jenny Thomas, Jenny Thomas was literally in a cult when she was young, probably before Clarence Thomas. She was literally in a cult. Apparently, she got. You sure of, you're not thinking of Amy? No, I'm well. Amy too, but Coney, Jenny Thomas. Oh yeah, Amy Coney Barrett was uh, definitely in a cult. I didn't know that Jenny was. Yeah, I'll, I'll, go ahead, keep talking. I'll look it up and uh, I'll tell because because uh, I remember seeing a video of her sitting in a court case testifying. She was younger, um, um, and, and oh yeah, I think she was actually on the liberal side though back then. I think it, it was a liberal cult. It could be. It could be. But go like, ahead. Uh, but anyway, but uh, Amy was, uh, Ms. Barrett was uh, a, a children of something or anyway, it's a very, uh, very, very strict uh, Catholic cult. And when she was going to law school, she lived with a couple 
and uh, she was a quote handmaid in the uh, in this uh, <laughs> uh, believe it or not it's true in in this cult and um, the men are of course uh, exalted and she had to do whatever he said as far as her studies and so forth I, I don't, I'm not saying there was any any sort of sexual thing going on there I've never heard that and I would be surprised if there was but you never know you never know. Well, you never know. But, and, uh, and I just looked it up. And in the 1980s, um, Ginny Thomas had to be deprogrammed because she was part of a cult called Life Spring. Okay. I don't remember yeah. much about it. Uh, they were supposed to be training sem- seminars purporting to participants unlock almost superhuman potential. Well, of course they were. But yeah. She was in a cult and, and, and she got out of the cult. She married Clarence Thomas and now she's back in a fucking call. Uh, joined Big a surprise. new call. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Joined a new one. Yeah, the I don't think I've ever seen a court and but I don't know. I don't know what the court was like in Lincoln's time. I remember the Dred Scott decision. I mean, that was a very bogus decision. It had a terrible repercussions uh uh for for uh you know freed slaves or slaves that had managed to get to a freed state and could be re enslaved by by Dred Scott. Right. Um there were there were or or they Getting to a free state didn't make you free. Essentially, I believe is what it came down to. But uh, that was a very bad, bogus decision. So obviously, that court wasn't doing too well. Um, the uh, The court has never been above politics, but it's been more above politics some than it has now. And we've had many times where justices were assumed to be conservative or assumed to be liberal and they would get on the court and suddenly they weren't, (laughs) they were, uh, they would side with their liberal. Uh, And to me, that just says that they were actually there to do what they were supposed to do, which was adjudicate and, and not to um, push a political agenda. But that's what we have now. Here's the interesting thing is, you know, for decades we've heard the Republicans say overturn Roe v. Wade. We hate abortion. And now they've actually accomplished that. And ironically, that may be their demise. Because we're seeing a lot of Republicans now out of their primaries, now running in the general elections, trying to step back, trying to separate themselves from this Roe v. Wade thing, scrubbing their websites, deciding not to talk about it. When somebody asks them about it, they get this deer in the headlights look and they don't want to talk about it. And it's the same with the Supreme Court. They thought they were doing something here, but all they did is uh, damage the credibility of the court and damage the entire reason to have a court. These these people wanted this so badly, and now they have to stand back and go, oh, we fucked up because they did. Well, we hope that's what they say, because uh, th- th- that would be the uh, the normal reaction. Uh, to say, uh-oh, we're in trouble here, we won't get the votes. But what they're doing instead is going back and trying to take over the state legislatures and the ways to the to the secretaries of state and to uh, take over the voting apparatus so they can cheat. They yeah. uh, the, This is what is going on. This is what we, we were talking about. This is the danger, and there is a danger because there are several states where they're working toward the idea that the state legislators will choose who gets their electoral votes for president. Right. Well, there's got to be some federal federal oversight there, too. But I there mean, isn't. 
but there isn't at this stage of the game. What they're shooting for, and they, with their court now, what they want it to be, because if you go back far enough, the states are allowed to run elections any way they want okay. without federal legislation to, uh, uh, I mean, the Voting Rights Act. Okay. Now, and this happened on, on Robert's watch. So, uh, this is a black eye to him. They eviscerated the Voting Rights Act. It used to be uh, that of states where they had a history of trying to suppress the vote, they had to demonstrate that they had changed, that they had, uh, they, anytime they made a change, it had to go to the court and the court had to take a look at it and say, ah, you guys are still at it. This is just bogus bullshit. Don't even try. That's what the voting rights did, but they eviscerated that. And now they let them, let them go ahead and do whatever they want to do. Uh, then you can bring suits and so forth and it can go through the courts, but it may take years. And in the meantime, uh, Texas and different places are allowed to use these bogus things that they put in there that allows them to disenfranchise minority voters. And that's what it's all about. But they, what they really want is to, to be able to say in Arizona, in Ohio, in Michigan, wherever, that if it's disputed and it will always be disputed, that the state legislature will then apportion the electors based on what they want, not what the voters say. Because in theory, the voters elected the legislature. And remember, when we when the country started, you didn't get to vote for senator. The senators were appointed by the state legislatures. Right, right, true. And they want this. They want it to go the power back to the states. So that all the federal government does is run the Air Force, Navy, and so forth, uh, and have very limited, very, very limited power. Certainly no power to say, they would love to roll back the income tax, for example. Trust me, they want to get rid of Social Security and Medicare. Absolutely. All of the, everything, every social improvement that was made under Roosevelt and there wasn't much before that. Let's be honest here. You were pretty much on your own. Yeah. Uh, They want to roll it all back. There was absolutely no safety net for anybody, but, but you know, when I hear you say that and I hear other people say that I understand that potentiality is there, but say they do that in the States and they undermine the elections and say, they chip away, if not even tear down our democracy. What do you what do you think the response is going to be to that? I mean, a good example is this Roe v. Wade thing. They get all cocky and they put it on the ballot in Kansas and surprise, surprise, they get their fucking ass kicked. I mean, here's the problem. All these things you're talking about that could happen, 75% of the country is against it. So if they actually pull that off or accomplish it. How do you think that 75% of the country is going to react? I don't think it's going to be pretty. Well, you know, look at the, if you've ever seen a map of the United States, you know, I mean, take a look at at a map when they show the red states, blue states, right? Right. And uh, there's more, there's more red states than blue states. There just are the mid, the mid, the South and the mid and the West. There, there, there are a lot of, and uh, the blue states tend to be in New England, in California, a few other places, right? Minnesota. But if you look at it, 
based on population, there's a lot more blue than there is red. Absolutely. There's uh, because there's so many there's so many states where nobody lives where they have one congressman. One Wyoming and, and Liz Cheney. Yeah, and and uh, South Dakota and North Dakota, one or two. You know, I, I mean, this is because nobody fucking lives there, but they get two senators. Yeah, and they 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 have a state legislature that's dominated by Republicans. They could have, and it's possible for them to do this with the court they have, if they were to get Senate and uh, if they were to get the presidency back, and if they were able to get the House and the Senate all at the same time, they could call a constitutional convention. And with the state legislatures they have, they could they could overturn the Constitution. They could put a new Constitution in place that would, uh, for example, say um, you could do anything, yeah. literally anything that you wanted to do. You could put in that new Constitution. You could have a president for life. You could uh, make sure that uh, there were no taxes beyond, uh, um, you know, rich people. People didn't pay taxes. Only poor people pay taxes, which is essentially what happens now. Right. But they could make it law. You know, it would have to be it would be sales tax only, usage taxes, because right. they wouldn't have property taxes because they want the rich people to have property. Right. So it would all be usage taxes and something like that. So there would be and uh, most of the institutions of higher learning, they're gone. You know, they'd keep they'd keep Harvard and things like that around just so they have a prestigious place for their kids to go. But most colleges would fail. Right. All public schools would be gone. Don't don't you think don't you think, though, that, you know, I I hear this case put out there and I I agree it's all possible. But don't you think it's that they're just grabbing at straws now because their time is short no matter what happens or what they try to do? As, I wish. As, as well, as boomers start to time out, millennials and Gen Zs, they have a different perspective on things. Whether we agree with them or not, it's vastly different. And and when they become the majorities in this country, they aren't going to tolerate this shit. They aren't going to accept it. I, I think I think the Republicans are are holding on for their last gasp right now. And they're losing horribly because of all the things that are going on. I mean, people people think there's 74 million people supporting Donald Trump and the whole Trump LaFuck effort. That's not true. 74 people maybe voted for him in the 2020 election, but they don't know what they know now. And they just vote Republican because they vote Republican. Now things that are being exposed, that's why I don't see the midterms being a big deal. I see them winning the House and the Senate, and I see them winning the presidency in the 2024 election because there's absolutely nothing that's happened to help Republicans. Everything that's occurred has hurt Republicans. I I hope you're right, but there are a lot of places like Hungary, for example, Um, although they didn't have a huge Democratic tradition, they now have a despot. There are all kinds of countries that um, once maybe were democracies that aren't so much anymore. And mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a thing of degrees. And the other thing, the other one that nobody wants to talk about is religion. Right. Because that was a big part of Trump's win. It will be it's a big part of his support. It's a big part 
part of the support for those Supreme Court justices. But do you think because religion is are, really a thing for the millennials and the Gen Zers? I think, I think, I think the time where religion has this huge, immense power in politics is fading away too. I, I, I hope it is, and not because I have anything against religion. That's not it. It's, uh, I just don't want the two mixed. But right. they very much do. They very much do want it mixed. I mean, you take a look at our Constitution, the founding documents, not even the whole, not even, don't even bother looking at the Constitution, but uh, the writings of the founding fathers and so forth. And they wanted more than anything else to keep church and state separate. Right. It's, you can, it, 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 because they had seen the bloodshed in Europe over millennia based on religion. Right, exactly. That's what they were experiencing in England, how the Catholic Church or the church was was impacting politics and how many people were dying because people had the audacity to think something else other than what the the the, the religion in power was doing. Yeah, they very specifically said that. Now we've got Lauren Boebert suggesting that we need more religion in politics, which is absolutely contrary to the Constitution. Well, and they don't even read, they don't read the Bible themselves. These people are not what you would call a Christian. They are some sort of, well, Christo-fascist, I call them, because they want, they want to hold up a cross in one hand and a swastika in the other. Or maybe they can blend them into one single symbol of some sort that because I supposedly believe in Jesus, but I don't ever read what he wrote. Or right. what he said, he didn't write it, of course, but I don't, uh, they never read what he's, he, what is recorded is what he said, or they would support, uh, social programs because he certainly did. And they would support women's issues because he certainly did. And they wouldn't care so much about abortion because he didn't mention it. I know, uh, um, the morning Joe guy, what's his name? Joe, uh, Joe Scarborough. Uh, Scarborough. He got, trouble the other day for saying jesus never said anything about abortion it is true it is he didn't no he didn't you know Uh, know, the thing is the the trouble is it's religion is fine for those people who get something good out of it and everybody has their own sense of religion and what they believe and where their faith is and all that stuff the problem with republicans now they're 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 taking it to a level that was never intended because they're using religion as a weapon they're using it it's cynical, and and they're using it as a weapon, which is again contrary to what religion is supposed to be. Isn't Christianity about love and helping your fellow man? Well, well it's clearly, supposed to be, yes. Clearly, <laughs> the evangelicals and the Republicans don't believe that. So, do they really believe in religion and God, or they just say that? I mean, that's always well, they do. Mind. Yeah, but see, there, there's, there's what's called the uh, New Apostolic Reformation. And that's Ted Cruz's dad's part of it. These guys all believe, and they're a force. And they're largely, they don't like to be called dominionists, but that's what they are. They want, um, they essentially want to happen exactly what happens in The Handmaid's Tale, where these guys, see, they don't even bother with the Bible. That's old stuff. Yeah. Because they are the new apostles. Anything that comes out of their mouth is the new religion. And they have to, they have to seize power or Jesus won't come back. That's her whole thing. Now there's nowhere in the Bible that that, 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 that is indicated, right? Uh, nothing yeah. anywhere does it say even hint at something like that. So this is all new. 
But uh, there are thousands of congregations all across this country, most of them not in in what we think of. They're not Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, and so forth. They're these wacky, uh, you know, uh, congregations that that have a lot of people in them, but they're not tied in with any of the denominations that we know of. But there are all this loose affiliation of this new apostolic reformation that wants to seize power. And uh, they're far more dangerous than anybody knows because they've been at this for good. I did a paper on this in the 80s, the early 80s. They were just getting started at that point, but they're around and they've got big money. Yeah. Big yeah. money. If uh, the, uh, the Amway people, <laughs> yeah. they're in there. You know, what's your name, DeVos? Betsy DeVos, yeah. Yeah, she's part of this. So's her brother, the mercenary. Yeah, was he? He's the one that owned Blackwater. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and these people have—they have money, they have arms, and they have intention. And you better watch out. Absolutely. You know, one of the things, the things, I, I maybe have a different perspective of God. You know, some people believe, some people don't. I do, and I have my reasons for, it, and it doesn't matter why. But. Uh, um they want you to believe that God gives a shit what party you're in or what religion, nope. what religious club you're in. And, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, God doesn't care about that shit, doesn't care whether I said the F word. It's just about how you treat one another and how you live your life. If you're, if you're working for good, you're going to be fine. If you're working for bad, then you got fucking trouble. And they want to, they're like everybody who, is in religion or politics. They want to make it more complicated so they can maintain a certain amount of control and push their agenda on you. There's got to be a point where people say, fuck you. I'm not taking that agenda. I've, in my personal opinion, and I've said this and some people have given me shit about this, but I'll say it again. The people that I find that are more, most outvert, overtly, uh, religious, the ones spouting the, 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 the Psalms, whatever, and, 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 and talking about it constantly and pushing it on you. Those are the people I've found to be the most despicable human beings I've ever run across. Oh, absolutely. The ones I see it doing most often are, uh, uh Blackburn from Tennessee, right. Marco Rubio. They have a, they, they'll throw out three or four Bible verses every day that have abs. They're pulled out of context. They have absolutely nothing to do with anything. It's just a virtue claiming to saying, saying, Oh, look, I'm a Christian vote for me. When everything they do, I mean, Marsha Blackburn was one of the biggest enablers of, of the, the uh, Purdue Pharma. Uh, the people that put Oxycontin in, in, in every uh, medicine cabinet they possibly could. I mean, uh, this is the kind of people they are. And uh, and yet they put those Bible verses out there. It makes me want to puke. Marsha Blackburn's uh, uh, motto for her campaign could have been Oxycontin in everybody's pot. Because, yeah. because they're all for anything that's going to make them money or give them power. And if people die in the process, okay, it's for the greater good in their minds. And unfortunately, their greater good is actually fucking evil. Well, and this is the thing, too. They see themselves as a breed apart. 
They see themselves as holy. They see themselves as being God's chosen. Right. You know, never mind about the, the Jews. That's old hat stuff, right? I know. No, they even they there are even some who actually believe that 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 uh, because the Jews didn't accept Christ as the Messiah, that means that they are the new Jews. They are the new chosen people. Right. Uh, there, this is this is all twisted, and uh, it's easy to confuse people. And I'm going to call them simple people, and I don't mean they're stupid. I mean they have simple backgrounds. They didn't. Uh, maybe they got through college. Maybe they got through high school. They didn't go to college. They have no sense of history beyond whatever they were taught in high school, which wasn't much. And that they are mostly concerned with. Uh, putting food on the table, having a roof over their heads, uh, getting together with the family, uh, maybe getting a vacation once in a while, that sort of thing, and, and going to church on Sunday. That's what they do, right? And right. Uh, then suddenly this, this person, okay, I'll give you my congressperson, right? Her ads, she refused to debate anybody, for one thing. Her first ad showed a cross, and it was just a scroll of talking about Jesus and then her name for Congress at the bottom. Right. Uh, then she had one with her with a shotgun over her shoulder going out like she's going to go hunt. <laughs> and uh, then they had one with her and a flag with something or other. And that was it. Those were her uh, campaign. Um, basically, and I love Trump. Right. That was it. You know, she had no policies. She had no agenda. She won handily over much better candidates in her own party to right. get the nomination. And right. she didn't have a Democratic opponent because it's a Republican area and no Democrat would win. Yeah. that. Well, and fortunately, we're talking about a small area, too, so relatively small. Harshbarger is her name. Okay. okay. Yeah. We, we have a lot of those. And I, I honestly believe their time is short because they're wearing out their welcome. You know, people who are being exposed to what we're seeing now, we are changing some minds. And I, I do see a, a, a shift in the tide a little bit. Like I've always said, we, we can't we can't convince a certain percentage of people. But even amongst Republicans, there are people of a reasonable mind and they're going to see this and they're going to say, I, you know, I can't stand next to that. I mean, Regardless of it's Republican, I think what they need to recognize, and I think Liz Cheney is going to be working on this after the midterms and Adam Kinzinger, there is a Republican Party and there is the Trump Party. And that essentially divides the Republican Party. The Republican Party is no more. Um, and hopefully that weakens them. And and there's going to be a reckoning after the midterms. The Republicans are going to have to make a decision. Which way are we going to go? And if they lose in the midterms, which I believe they will, they will step away from this. That's not going to make them any better or get the stink out of them, but it's going to cause an upheaval in the Republican Party. Well, if if they were smart, if Mitch McConnell was as smart as I think he is, and he is, um, he would immediately look at people like Jim Jordan and the, the the ones that were involved with the insurrection. Yeah. Because if Mitch was involved, he managed to stay a long way out of it. But uh, Johnson or uh, yeah, Ron Johnson up in uh, Wisconsin, right. Right. Jim Jordan, Paul Gozar, um, Lauren Bulberg, Paul Gozar. 
Yeah, they're in the house. But anyway, the uh, those, those seven that that were involved, and uh, Ron Johnson and some of those went to Russia on Fourth of July and that sort Ted of thing. Cruz, but, yeah. yeah, they should be throwing these people out. They should be saying, um, "You're removed from your committees. You're done. We're not giving you any money. We will take the hit, and we will rebuild." Well, I, you know, I, I wonder if Mitch McConnell isn't waiting for the Democrats to do that as more comes comes to light with the January 6th committee and, and ultimately the insurrection grand jury, um, especially with these new hearings coming up. I think we're going to see some of sitting members of Congress and maybe the Senate of people who were directly involved. And once they are exposed for being directly involved, there's really nothing left to do but expel, expel them from from their positions. Maybe that's yeah, what he's waiting for. Let somebody else do it. Maybe. There's so much going on right now. I have not yet heard a date for the January 6th committee to start up again. I haven't either. Um, I haven't either. I would hope that it's fairly soon because you're going to get into the elections and then the holidays. And nothing's going to happen then. Right. You're going to have all these recesses for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and so forth. And they won't be back until after the new year. So every, if anything is going to happen, it has to happen previous to the election or in those narrow windows between the election and Thanksgiving. And it really, I don't think anything's going to happen in December. The DOJ has to get off their duff and start charging people. What's up with Mark Meadows? Yeah. I mean, they got Steve Bannon here. I mean, he's going to be sentenced to probably a couple of months to a couple of years, depending on, uh, you know, his, uh, Subpoenas. But the other thing, you know, you get five to 15. So, and I'm, I'm hoping it's 15. Yeah. <laughs> you know, be done with the mother. But, uh, um, some stuff's going to have, have to happen here real quick. And I'm, I'm praying that you are right about, uh, Roe v. Wade and other things that are going to, if we can get through the midterms without damage, if we can hold on to the house, if we can even maintain the Senate and maybe get two more, right. two more. But I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at Georgia and, and I'm seeing Reverend Warnock two points behind Herschel Walker. And that makes me crazy. Now, granted, that's just one poll. Yeah. But, it's just uh, one poll. and I don't know if you, how much you can believe the polls. I also heard something. I don't know if this is accurate, but I, I, I heard that there was, like 300,000 new registrations as voters in Texas. Yes. That, that, that doesn't, that, too. that doesn't spell a good news for the fucking Republicans. It doesn't. But I also heard that Georgia just, uh, cut, uh, purged their voter rolls. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's happening both ways. You know, well, I mean, People are going to have to get off their dump and go vote, going to register, register, register. If you haven't, check, check and make sure you haven't been purged. Everybody, everybody who hears me right now, find out if you've been purged because it can happen. You don't know. And if it's if it's a week before the elections, depending on the state, you may not be able to re-register. So, you know, check, make sure. Right. Well, I'm, I'm actually going down to Savannah on the 18th of September next Sunday. So uh, when I get down there, I'll straighten this shit out. Don't worry about it. It'll, right. be, it'll be okay. okay. I'll, 
I'll rattle some cages and uh, crack some skulls and we'll get this shit straight. No problem. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is have a home in a fucking state where Herschel Walker is a senator. Now, I can't vote down there because I don't live down there, but uh, I've been I, pleased, I, pleased by the two Democratic senators they have. Yeah, I cannot believe that. I, all I can figure is that the people that are supporting Herschel Walker never watch television. Yeah. Or at least they don't watch television where he speaks on television. He's, because he's, a, he's absolutely uh, the dumbest human being I've ever seen. He makes Donald Trump look like fucking uh, uh, th- that Hawking guy. Oh, yeah. Stephen. Stephen Hawking. The thing is, if you take a Trump speech, an answer to a question, and you take a Herschel Walker speech, and you you just give people the written copy, they can't pick. <laughs> yeah. This is absolutely true. They've tried it. They can't pick which is which. Right. Well, we're getting toward the end of this. And, and now that you brought this up, I wanted to bring this up. It's not really a news story, but it's hilarious, and it illustrates just how stupid Donald Trump is. Did you hear about that truth social post he made? He's trying to capitalize on the queen's death, so he says, you know, I didn't bring it up, but uh, in private, she knighted me. (laughs) Wow. That is a fucking reach. She didn't even like that motherfucker. No, as a matter of fact, I've heard some quotes from her about him that uh, she called him a plugger. For one thing, which is a British term, but anyway, um, yeah, she she hated the guy. My my response to that on Twitter was, "Now she chased him with a sword, and he he got it wrong." Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, but I'm surprised that I guess the royal family has just decided that you know we're not going to have. They may not even have heard about it, but somebody in Britain is going to say that doesn't happen. It has to, if you're knighted, it has to be registered. It has to go and you get the coat of arms and all of that kind of stuff, right? This right. is not something that just happens. No, it's uh, not, you don't get knighted by virtue of hope any more than you declassify top secret documents by waving your hands above them. Well, that's another point, too. You have to swear allegiance to the person who knights you. So uh, generally speaking, presidents don't swear allegiance to the Queen of England. I don't know. I think uh, you could argue that Trump swore allegiance to Putin. So, you know, maybe he doesn't know that. Well, some people have said you have to be a British subject in order to be knighted. Which is true. Which he is not. And apparently he does not know that. You mentioned Twitter, and I had a couple of people ask me what your Twitter handle is. So let's promote that. How do people find you on Twitter? I'm just Ed Jones. It's not, don't you go with I am? Oh, it's, it, it's I, the at symbol. I am, I said, Ed. Right, right. Yeah, I sent that off to somebody who asked, but I'm sure there's a lot of other people that would want to follow you on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I follow you on Twitter, but I don't look at Twitter that much, unfortunately. I just, I'm focusing on the other stuff. Well, Ed, I want to thank you for coming by and, and, and talking a bit. It's always good to get two perspectives. Uh, I know I believe in my perspective, but I also know that there are other people with different points of view. And uh, I trust you to come up with some solid shit and each time you do. Well, I, I try my best, you know, and if I find out that I'm wrong about something, I'll try to, uh, I'll try to, um, ameliorate it. For example, I, I, um, uh, uh, 
shared a, a thing about, uh, you know, money that people made while Trump was in the White House. And one of the ones was uh, Rudy Giuliani's son. It was like $300,000 for being his uh, sports um, liaison. Right. Well, I looked it up, and if the, if you're going to say that was his cumulative salary, that's true. Uh, but he was he started out being paid seventy seven thousand dollars a year, and then it was raised to ninety five thousand, and he only did it for like three years. So, uh, you know, it's somewhere in that ballpark that they came up with. That would be his cumulative okay. salary. Uh, he wasn't just given that as a chunk of money, and his job was to arrange sports visits like when somebody wins the super bowl he would arrange for them to come to the white house or or march madness you know a team or or something like that that's what he would do he would arrange for those visits and 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 the other things that he had no experience well that's probably true but how much experience do you need to do that right he was a professional golfer in the sense that he were one one tournament Okay. Uh, for $27,500, but the only the one. Yeah. So he's not a professional golfer anymore. And also he was thrown off the Blue Devils team because he, he was disruptive and he sued, <laughs> he sued to try to get back on the team, but they wouldn't let him. Basically he was told, go away, little boy. Um, so the, the, the Giuliani family is, uh, the apple don't fall far from the tree, apparently. No. No, it definitely doesn't. And, 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 but, but I it, did want to make sure that people realized that, you know, that figure was not quite accurate, but it sort of was. But anyway. Right. right. Well, well, the, the people can be relieved to know too, when it comes to Ed and I, if one of us are wrong and the other realizes it, there is no hesitation on either side no. to say, you dumb fuck, you're wrong. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So anyway, we've been doing it forever. So yeah, we've been doing it forever. So anyway, Ed, thanks for coming by. We will talk to you again. Um, what day is it today? We'll probably talk to you toward the end of the week, maybe. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not sure yet about, uh, we were going to do something. Uh, I'll, I'll be in touch with you about Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or whatever, okay. but uh, okay. we'll do well, another one for sure. I know you're retired and your schedule is pretty tight, so we'll try yeah. to squeeze it in at some point. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> all right. Well, for all the I've folks, I've only home, got like 23 hours that I can fit it in during a day. So. Right. Exactly. So we'll try to squeeze it in at some point. So the folks at home, thank you for spending the time listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. I hope you have a great day and we will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.